Hey guys, welcome back to the No Name Podcast. I'm here today with uh, Andrew, the president of Feed the Crave, and David. Uh, he's uh, currently working in in Russia, and so um, we're going to get to hear a little bit about what they got going on over there. So why don't you just share a little bit about your story of how you got uh, where you are? Okay. Yeah. Well, we're um, yeah we're up in northern Russia. I'll just kind of start that off, and then uh, a region known as Siberia in Russia, which is two thirds of Russia, so it's, it's huge yeah. area. But we're in the northern part, right on the Arctic Circle, and uh, we got there. Well, I mean, long story short, God led us there. Uh, we went through uh, Bible College in in Europe. We were uh, studying at uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College in Hungary, and then uh, after that. We're looking for what God, how God could use us. And I grew up on the mission field with with my family. My parents were missionaries in Kiev, Ukraine, mm-hmm. and so I learned uh, Russian from a young age. And I thought, if God can somehow use that, then we we're open to that. And I won't share all the stories, but I mean, very clear direction from God to the specific people group that we're with. Um, and we kept praying about it. We couldn't get there at first, so we moved to Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, kind of got our feet wet there. Um, and we're there for three years, and at the end of that, uh, yeah, again, very clear direction from the Lord. It involved being on a bus, seeing a TV screen of, of the area we were supposed <laughs> to go to while we were in Bishkek, which is crazy because they don't usually have TVs on buses. But anyway, long story short, brought us to where we're at now. Um, so, yeah, God led us there uh, to reach out to a, to a tribal people group. Um, and there's actually, we found out later, several people groups in the region. And, uh, yeah, we've been there for nine, moved there nine years ago. So, been there for nine years, and, uh, yeah, that's where we're at now. Yeah, that's crazy, nine years. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. I remember when you guys, like, moved there. Yeah. Thinking, Siberia? Like, that's where God's taking me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have guessed so, because I hate the cold and I hate fish, and that's the two like predominant things they have in the area um you know cook fish i can do okay I but i'm not I, i'm not a big fan of fish in in the first place but they, they it's like not like do. uh you know the yellowfin tuna or uh, is it the mahi mahi or whatever you talking know. about sushi is it? yeah that's yeah. what i'm thinking about yeah, it's, it's not, not quite like that is not it? quite like sushi well you guys were there and i don't i don't remember if we got you guys to, to try out some of the nice like slimy uh, fish that they do with onions and stuff, you know, but... Um, I had the raw frozen fish. Okay, so like... That was... Struganina is what they call that. Yeah, they try to shave it, the, the raw frozen. No, this was chunks. Oh, chunks. Okay, they do that as well, yeah. Yeah, it was with like... With the bone in it. With the bone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had reindeer it. meat, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, re- the reindeer meat, I can do even raw frozen. It's okay, but... Uh, so anyway, yeah, n- not my... Not the place I'd pick for, uh, you know... So geographically, we were just talking about this, Asia or Europe? Yeah, it's right on the border. So you go, you know, the Ural Mountains uh, in Russia divide uh, Europe and Asia, and so yeah, it's it's right across from Europe. So we're hmm. right on the on the Asia side. So that's a fun fact if you ever want to like stump your friends is like yeah. what country is in both continents? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah it is go. crazy. It is. So, um, Abigail, she yeah. is how old? She's 12. So, yeah, I yeah. got four kids. Abigail's 12. Then we got the next one, Sayla. She's 10. And then okay. uh, Gabriel's five. Mariah's three. So, your your last two 
were born yes. in Russia. Yes, they were born first in Russia. Two, okay. First two, I mean, first one's born in Hungary. They're all born in yeah <laughs> <laughs> overseas. There, my wife told me if we have another one, it's got to be in the states. We're not doing it overseas again. <laughs> And and so you guys are back on on furlough. You've been here for for a few uh, few weeks, right? Yeah, a little more, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I can't imagine traveling from Russia with four children, two of which are pretty. Young. How how old's Mariah now? Three. Three. So youngest three, Gabriel is what six five five, five? yeah. So traveling from Russia, which is how, how many hours was your travel? Yeah, we were on four planes. First plane, three hours. Second plane, four and a half. Third plane, eight and a half. Fourth plane, an hour and a half. So it's like, yeah. and then we had a 21-hour layover at the Paris airport, which we couldn't leave because of COVID. So that was, uh, oh, it was an exciting trip. But there, you know, actually, to tell the truth, it's a lot better than it used to be. Because when we used to travel with, when you have an infant, or somebody who doesn't like can't be entertained by something on a plane that's the worst yeah and so then you're like i'm usually the one stuck walking around with them throughout the whole plane you know, <laughs> everybody just looking at me with them like uh, moaning wanting to go to sleep but they can't and yeah but it's gotten a lot better <laughs> well my, my parents so i'm one of nine my parents moved to kiev ukraine with all not with eight kids when we moved there and then adopted one there but I was, I mean, I, I look back, I'm like, whoa. How old were you whenever they went on the field? I was nine years old. Okay. I was just huh. turning nine that month. And then I, but I just keep going back. You know, you look at missionaries and you keep going back. And like, I went to my grandparents, they moved to uh, Southern Rhodesia with, with my mom. And I was talking to my mom not too long ago. I think it was like six weeks on a boat. So he was like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> like I have nothing to complain about, you know? Yeah, right. So yeah, it's just like, and the, I mean, as you go back, I keep telling people, I'm like, go back and you look at the best missionary ever jesus christ you know he went from heaven to earth i think you know he tops them all yeah that's true <laughs> you know so yeah so what is what does mission work look like where you serve you know it's a lot like just living somewhere and and being that light in that area so we moved there and i'm, I'm pretty open there about who i am uh, with the you know government and everything I worked as a basketball coach for a while, um, I've worked as a fitness trainer, and just ways that I can kind of get into the community, show that I'm, I'm a part of the community, and through that, show who, who Christ is, you know? And so a lot of it just has to, be, has to do with that, but also being really involved with the church and intentional in trying to help them get established, and um, to the point then where, you know, yeah, we either move on or, you know, I don't yeah. know, whatever God has next for us. But uh, a lot of it isn't that, you know, people think missionary. Really, we're all missionaries, right? Mm -hmm. You know, wherever we're at. And it's just doing it in a different country, in a different culture, learning that culture, how you do it in that culture. And, uh, but a lot of the same as what you do here, right? I mean, just trying to establish that um, for the body so that the body can continue to function. Love what, you know, I love the life group model, you know? Um, and so that's kind of what we're doing there too. We want that to happen. It's slow <laughs> in happening yeah. uh, in this culture because of how um, this this culture uh, is predominantly from a shamanistic background. So for them, it's really hard to grasp the concept, and as it is for many people, but the concept of grace and you know how how God is a loving God and how wants to have a personal relationship with you. 
So, but showing that through our lives, you know, I always, I've been sharing that this time back with everyone, all the churches I share with, is that the church is the body and where you can see Jesus is through each one of us. And yeah. so if, if you want to, like I saw Jesus growing up, didn't realize it, and then later on realizing, wow, all my life I was seeing, you know, Jesus in the church. Mm-hmm. That's his body, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you don't see the best picture of it in churches. <laughs> and sometimes sure. you see better than, you know. But there's definitely those people in the church and that you could see it in, and they were the ones that brought unity, brought that sense of love, and, and the Holy Spirit was active in their lives, and that's what that's what we want to do there, you know. So in encouraging the body to be able to do the same. Um, working towards that, though. I know whenever uh, I got to go and visit you guys there on the field is I saw a lot of intentionality uh, in even in your daily lives, mm-hmm. you know, the opportunity to pray with people, the opportunity to point people to Jesus, uh, getting even stuck, you know, in the snow or whatever. Like it's an opportunity to use to build relationships yeah. to, that point towards Christ. Yeah. And we got to visit some different homes and different communities. And yeah. I know uh, a big part of what you guys do is it's traveling around and oh, yeah. um, investing into communities, praying for communities like what have you seen struggles but also like wins as you've yeah. done that yeah i mean we the struggles always get into the places and the, <laughs> and the weather the you know the it's long tough. winters yeah it's tough so the environment's rough you know you got dark winters depression the people there you know a lot of depression suicide alcohol um which is expected in that type of area i hear it's similar in alaska and a lot of that kind of like that line uh, a lot of similar physical challenges that people mm-hmm. face. But uh, uh, as we face those challenges, you know, the cool thing is that it give, does give you opportunity to show how to live a different life, and people can see that. So that it's more accented when, mm-hmm. when you're in that environment. So that's a positive. Uh, but, yeah, the challenges of transportation, of getting to these places uh, is oftentimes – yeah, overcoming those challenges as a church, as uh, as a group, as a body, uh, is always neat to see. You know how people you you're sacrificing a lot to get to somebody, and they see that, and even the the church body, and they see, oh wow, they do love, you know, this people or my relatives, and you know, and so then that causes them to really want to do the same and and stuff. So yeah, through the through that challenge, you definitely see a lot of fruit happening. Um, and then also, you know, just coming up with different ideas. I think they see also you can be creative with what God's given you. Uh, a family this this year, since we've been gone, they've set up a teepee, you know, not too far away from the city, and just invite people there all the time, and have fellowship in this teepee as a way to, to minister. During the reindeer festival, they set it up and had people over for tea, and we're giving them you know Bibles mm-hmm. and you know little things yeah. here and there, and telling them they're Christians, you know. And this is a nyanya lady. And her husband is actually from uh, Kazakhstan, who was used to be an Orthodox priest, and now is a Christian. Like a, a you know, I mean, he, I believe he all was always following Jesus, but kind of found, uh, you know, a, a, I don't want to say it, you know, a better, but it is a better uh, group of, of believers that he can do that with, mm-hmm. you know, and that that wants to reach out to the lost, and it's not some religious type of, whatever, but it's more of a of a true following so it's really neat to see his life change he was teaching this summer through uh, first john we i had him teaching through first john in fact he's teaching today as well anyway so he <laughs> he was teaching and uh he calls me he's like david like 
it, this is where the orthodox is wrong. Like, look, it says in First John this and this and this, and this is where they're wrong. You know, they, they don't get this part. You know, I was like, you said it, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but um, yeah, so it's really neat to see, you know, the different, even the different people groups up there, because they, they do have lots of people who come up to work. It's a natural gas and oil area, so they get a lot of people, uh, different types of people groups and stuff, but our primary focus is the, 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 local, the locals there, so, hmm. yeah. You said teepee, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people, like, may think, oh, like teepee. No, it's like a legit teepee. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, teepee with yeah. reindeer skins. And oh, yeah. Poles, yeah. Yeah. I, I was at a church this, this summer, and one of the guys came up to correct me because he said it's a Native American dwelling. And I, <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but, like, people can get the wrong idea of what a Native American dwelling would be. Like, yeah. it's an, I, I don't know how else to describe it because growing up I always called it a teepee. It's, it's reindeer skins. Yeah. It's in the shape of a, you know, <laughs> a, a cone, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, and however you want to call it. And it's not, like, it's not like the six-man tent from no. Walmart. <laughs> no. It's like... It's I, massive. I, I stayed in one, and right. it's it's right. it's large. You can fit a lot of people yeah. in there. Yeah, so it's six meters, uh, usually around six meters in diameter. So what is that? Like multiply times three. Yeah, that's 18 feet. feet. 18 feet, yeah. 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 So about 18, 20 feet wide in that diameter. It's, it's pretty big. Yeah. And they can get bigger than that, so. Yeah. But um, one of the one of the things that, that I wanted to to bring a little bit of light to was you're talking about, you know, travel is difficult, but I think you just scratched the surface of like difficult travel (laughs) and what you mean by that. Um, because you're talking of temperatures that get down to like negative 60 or even below that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so he he was just, last night we were eating together and he was talking to us about, uh, the spring on the snowmobile that broke. That's like, it was, it's, and it's not steel. a flimsy little spring. Right. We're talking like right. quarter inch steel or something. Right. I mean, it's, right. it's and and because of the cold. So you think about feet of snow, snow drifts, blowing, uh, just extreme cold. Oh yeah. And you're driving a vehicle that probably wasn't really even meant to be driven in that type of. Weather. You're not supposed to be outside doing anything. No, but probably not. At that it's time called no. life. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. So you're you're talking not just the the danger that you're putting your vehicle in, but the yeah. individuals that are in it too. Oh yeah. And I mean, so you're literally when you go to these places, um, you're literally risking your life mm-hmm. to go, even if you're just bringing some wood. Right. Like, but you're right. risking your lives that are inside that vehicle to go out there to show the love of Christ with intentionality, because mm-hmm. that's what, that's what you were talking about is like intentionally living your life in such a way that people get to see yeah. the yeah. love of Christ through. Yeah. And I, you doing. know, most, most people there think I'm Russian uh, <laughs> at first. And so the locals do. And so they think, you know, what's this Russian doing? And then when they find out I'm American, it's like, they totally don't understand it, you know, what's yeah. he doing here? And so it, it is a great opportunity to show, you know, but again, like we were just talking about missionaries and Jesus being, the, you know, the greatest man. It's like he came from heaven to earth. So that was kind of a reflection of, whoa, and he was, you know, grew up, poor family, all that stuff, you know. And so when you do that, I think that people do see that you you love them. You want to be like them, you know, and you, you, uh, as far as like you want to be in their community, mm-hmm. you want to be a part of it, and uh, but you want to show them something 
great. You want to show them something that can, can change their lives. And so it's a slow process, but definitely, I mean, uh, through that experience, we were helping uh, an older lady whose uh, husband's constantly drinking, drinking, so he can go get the wood. And so we helped her do that, um, and we helped a widow in that same same town. And they they ran out of firewood because it was a cold winter. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was like you said, it's life. You have to do it. You mm -hmm. can't, you know. So a truck drops it off in the middle of the river that we're driving on. So you know, we're driving on ice all the time, yeah. and uh, and since there's no roads you take snowmobiles and, and you know you cart that stuff to the to the village and they ask for help you know so yeah. that's one way to to show them that so yeah and as far as vehicles go you know we're using in the summertime we're using boats because everything thaws uh in the wintertime we're driving on the river so we have uh you know all-wheel drive vehicles but sometimes those aren't enough they won't let you on the river because they can't clear it it's too yeah. much snow so then you need a snowmobile. Well, snowmobiles get dangerous because of frostbite, which I did get this year, you know, and still haven't lost any any uh, fingers or toes or, you know, or yeah. any limbs uh, for that matter. But, uh, but yeah, those are realities up there. And we're still, you know, it, as far as needs go, that's one of the things that we are trying to yeah. get settled for the church there. Uh, you know, we would love to, we're in the process of trying to figure out how to get a good all-terrain vehicle that could get us to some of these places, so... One of the one of the things that we've been talking about for a few years is is in terms of transportation is is a sherp. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what a sherp is, go check it out. Yep. Um, and and that would that type of vehicle like it yep. doesn't have to be a sherp, but that type of vehicle yeah. would be like the ultimate travel vehicle for you yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, we've you know, and we've actually looked at how how would it be to build one your own and all that kind of stuff. And logistics are really hard in Russia too with laws and then you have to like pay all these other extra taxes and fees and stuff like that because Sherps are super expensive. So we've looked at different options. How much are we talking here, David? What, what's super expensive? A Sherp is $100,000. There so, you go, 100000 yeah. So whoever has 100000 <laughs> we need a yeah. Sherp for Russia. Yeah, well, um, so we looked at doing something for a sixth of that cost is what it would cost to build it yourself. So they're, they're raking in a lot of money, yeah. you know, the, the company is themselves. And so, but the problem is, is that then you, again, the laws. So it doesn't, it's not practical to build one yourself because of all the extra stuff. They make it impossible practically for mm. you to do that. And so we were looking at other options, but anyway, so long story short, yeah, these are vehicles that can, they can go in water, they can float, they can break through the ice, they can keep going and all that kind of stuff. So we're praying about that. You know, if that's what God wants us to have, you know, I believe he can provide yeah. for that. If not, then we're going to keep using what we have and keep going and see what, you know, God does with what we have. So, um, but yeah, we just keep trying to be creative, figure out ways to get to the places and reach these people. One of the things I've seen just in your family, you guys personally, is like your um, faithful endurance hmm. to God's call. Hmm. And I think that's, uh, it, it ought to be a testimony and encouragement for all of us uh, that's not you know, there with you, but like, it's an amazing thing because I, I've known you for a while and I've just seen that story play out and mm. like God is faithful in your guys's life and providing and leading. And it's such a testimony, um, even for me to be able to go like, man, that's crazy. Because I think sometimes we underestimate what God will do. Right. Cause it's not in our timing. Yeah. Uh, you said you've been there nine years and we were talking last night about it's being a hard place and stuff like that, yeah. but like you guys as a family have grown oh, yeah. uh, a ton. Your relationship with the Lord is 
a testimony to a ton of people and when you come and share it's such an encouragement oh, you know you. Yeah. for us so i hope you're encouraged by that you know oh, i am getting yeah. to see that reflection back you know yeah. so yeah the uh <clears throat> the the crazy thing is like you said you know for me to go to to russia and spend some time with you guys and see what you're doing there it is uh i couldn't imagine like living the way that you guys live honestly like i mean i guess i could imagine it but i can imagine it being very difficult mm -hmm. and so it's not uh i don't think if you've never been there you can't even really fathom what their day-to-day -day looks like um even from like well we have this many kids and they all go to school at a different time and we have to you know uh <laughs> be going different directions every day and like i mean there's just a lot of things that we don't experience here and so mm -hmm. understanding that but man just your just your resolve to uh make it make a difference be a light in a in a in a dark place and so um i think what i want to do is 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 leave uh with with one last thought and and so we talked about travel being difficult and and the needs there but what what is the hardest um thing about doing ministry there like what is the what is the in terms of reaching the people what's mm -hmm. the barrier what like if if you could if you could say hey if you would be praying to this end yeah what would it's, that be? it's not necessarily one thing i think it's like multiple things but right um i mean i shared that it's a shaman they come from the shamanistic background so that's part of it just that i mean i believe it's god that reaches people you know and he's done some incredible things just a quick story too with that i just heard from pastor anatoly he was talking about at the very beginning they were trying to reach the farthest town north with uh, bibles and different things and uh, they had humanitarian aid and this is before we ever got there this is one of the locals there and he was saying that you know they were loading up this helicopter to, to take to this town they had agreed with the the local um, leader of the town uh, to deliver this stuff and he was open for them to come they get this helicopter loaded up and the pilots the three pilots come and they're like sorry guys you can't go it's too heavy and you know we're gonna have to go by ourselves but we'll deliver it to the town for you and uh, they had nothing else to do but say, okay, you know, they had already loaded everything up in there. So, well, these pilots that had already agreed to like sell all this stuff apparently, and they found out later that they traded it with the locals for their reindeer antlers and then sold the antlers and made a profit off of the humanitarian <laughs> aid. And you're like, oh, man, man, bummer. But what happened was crazy. So, so there's this, this local guy, you know, walking through the tundra, he had just lost his reindeer. He's walking. And he's looking up to, to, to the sky and he, you know, he says, he uses their term for the God of the sky, Noom. And he's like, Noom, you know, just give me a sign that you're there, that, that, you know, say something to me. And out of the sky drop these boxes. And, and you know, the pastor, he finds out about this later. He, uh, is talk he, he knows a guy by name now, his name's Piotr. Um, and anyway, so these boxes are full of Bibles. So what they expect happened was these pilots are flying. like, well, what are we going to do with these Bibles? So they just, they just shove them out the helicopter, and they fall right at this guy's feet, who's looking up to this guy praying at this time. This guy takes him to his nearest town, which is the town they wanted to visit. 
passes them out to everybody. <laughs> oh, wow. And, a, a, you know, it just a testimony to what God can do, even when we're not. So Man, our, awesome. our greatest struggle is always, like, we think we're trying to do something, you know, and we're trying to, yeah. do, trying to do all these things, and then, and then God does something different, mm-hmm. and it's better than what yeah. we could have planned. I mean, a local passing out Bibles to yep. other people is much better than a Russian coming and doing yeah. it, you know? So God always does something better and cooler than what we can expect, but... Um, I think we, for us, it's part maybe part of it is the physical living there in the darkness and stuff. But uh, our personal family challenge is that yeah. is like discouragement, you know that kind of stuff. Very encouraging to hear your guys' words. It's always encouraging to to be back and hear people encourage us, and because uh, we just feel like you know sometimes you read a missionary biography and you're like, man, I'm not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a loser, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, and, and you can go back to that stuff. But the the cool thing is you do read about Jesus and just his compassion on people like Peter and, you know, the, the disciples who were, you know, probably constantly feeling that way, you know. But then he's just like, let's keep going, let's keep going kind of thing. And that's what pulls us through is him and, you know, his, yeah. his gentle guidance. And so, but, yeah, the challenge is the people um, really seeing Jesus and him breaking through. So just keep praying, I think, for that to happen, for the Holy Spirit to convict lives to touch people's lives yeah. and to open up more opportunities for the believers there to, to share their lives, especially the locals. Because when the locals reach out to the locals, it is a completely different thing. Amen. I've never yep. seen yep. anything like it. They do, when they do it, they listen, their intent. Um, we were one time sitting in this, in, in a, the fishing village. It was after the wood, by the way. We delivered the wood, and then uh, this family was over at the house that we were in, and uh, two of the guys were there, and they were sitting there, and I I turned on um, The Chosen uh, in Russian, and they're sitting there watching it. And I was like, I wonder what they're thinking of this, you know, this life of Jesus, all that stuff. And then afterwards, they're like, do you have any more of those? <laughs> watch a few more of those. That's so cool. I flip on the next one. Maybe one more, you know, kind of thing. They, they weren't leaving, you know. But then, like, the the it gave kind of more boldness to the believers that were already there. Yeah. And they start, you know, interacting in their own language and I can tell something's going on then you know but yep. it's bringing up questions it's bringing up so it's yeah. it's really neat because they they trust their own a lot more and God's working in the local believers now so we love that that that's happening more of that to happen pray yep. for the believers there that they would be bold that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit yeah. to be able to reach their own and uh, yeah so what I've heard David is hundred thousand dollars for a shirt <laughs> Pray for the believers' boldness and for you know just the 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 struggle of of weather and travel and all those different things, right? But be intentional right where you're at as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's disciples who make disciples, and intentionality uh, comes along with that. So yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here, David. It's oh, been thanks. awesome Encouraging. having you, and you uh, yeah, look forward to continue to work with you and and see what God's going to continue to do uh, in Russia. Yeah, so, thanks, guys. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Still lift that. Felt like I was in an airplane for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hear like the sound in the background, like. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>